0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Johnny's Juke Joint. Uh, This evening, I am welcomed. Wait, not welcomed by. I am welcoming my uh, my dear friend and longtime bandmate and incredible saxophone player, Sarah Matheson Nadeau. Sarah, are you there?
1: Ta-da. I sure am. Hello. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you?
0: I am well, too. Also, thank you. What's new in your world?
1: Like so much and so little all at once. It's been that kind of year where everything yeah. has changed a lot, but also all of the days are sort of one. I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate to that.
0: Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Um, and at least where where we're based, they're uh, they're saying everything is opening July 1st
1: yeah which is very exciting
0: then we'll, then the uh we'll start booking and touring and doing all the things we used to do so much um yes be i'm very excited
1: about that yeah
0: um okay so uh w- i'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions uh, hopefully as awkward as awkwardly as possible because uh, i know that's your preferred uh delivery and
1: do i take that as a compliment what is that? <laughs> <laughs> At least if being awkward is part of the plan, then if I'm awkward, I know I've succeeded. So that's kind of good, I
0: guess. 100%, right? (laughs) Um, Okay, so you grew up in Calgary. That's right. And um, where did you go to school?
1: Um, Not like like like,
0: for music school. For music school?
1: Yeah. Uh, So I did the the Mount... Royal Jazz uh, Diploma Program back when that was a thing. So I did the first two years of my undergrad there. And I mean, it's only a two year program. So once I finished that, um, then I transferred so I could complete the rest of a uh, full undergraduate bachelor of music. Um, so I did the last two years of that at Rutgers University in uh, New Jersey. Um, so I studied with Ralph Bowen and, um, for saxophone and uh, just all the other instructors there were phenomenal as well. Um, and then, so yeah, that was my undergrad, and that was in jazz performance on saxophone. Um, and yeah, then for uh, graduate work, I did it at the University of Sheffield. So I would go out there um, for, for anyone, where, I guess, for is all that? of you out on Facebook. This Sheffield is... It is very British. Um, It's about two and a bit hours north of London by train. Uh, Mm. It's where Sean Bean is from. So everybody sounds like Eddard Stark, and it's very cool. (laughs) Um, So it's, yeah, kind of mid-northish. Oh, God, yeah, that would be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) But no, they all just have his lovely, like, rich accent. But uh, yeah, so I did, um, that's where I did my, my master's. So I would go out there in the summer for a bit and then do distance work here so I could continue um, performing and not completely uprooting uh, my life. And so that was uh, music psychology. So I studied um, kind of music and impact on our perceptions in mostly multimedia, like video games in a film context and so on. So um, kind of informed what I'm teaching and working on now. So yeah.
0: yeah. And, and so to lead straight to that, you are teaching uh, at Mount Royal University and you teach uh, the classes you teach are they open to anybody to attend, or, or are they students that are in certain programs only?
1: Um, mostly open to everyone. the um, The general education courses. So I teach in the general education department and in the film studies department. And uh, my film studies classes are just open to anyone who has, I guess, the prerequisite. There's one of them has one, one of the other that doesn't matter. Um then the general education ones I think you have to be in some kind of degree or diploma program. So I think they open up to people just in like general open studies or whatever right before the class. So the short answer is yeah, mostly they're open to everybody. Um so I do teach uh an introduction to film studies. I'm going to be teaching one about film genres in the fall and we I do kind of sneak Maybe more film music into it than would ordinarily be into it because that's my favorite. And um, but my general education course is under the umbrella of the values, beliefs, and identities cluster. So my particular class is focused on um, on aesthetics, and um, so various instructors teach different um, kind of topics within that. So some will be on like architecture in sacred versus secular settings. And some are about, I don't know, like uh, themes of suffering in classic literature. Um, And then mine is about music and storytelling. So uh, mostly in a multimedia setting, we do a lot of music and film, but we also look at um, opera and then also emotion in music and whether um, structural elements of music are responsible for communicating emotion or whether it's kind of something we learn from Just associating certain types of music with certain emotions and so on so Hmm. yeah so that's that's what i do in addition to um performing with everyone
0: yeah wow that's interesting um okay so you were you were a a jazz musician and you were studying in new york and you studied with ralph bowen uh what was that like what uh what did you learn from ralph and what are the tell me three things that you took away from your time there that other musicians um or or uh, or aspiring musicians or hobbyist musicians should know
1: oh interesting that is a very, very good question um oh my goodness so much he's Shucks. he's Thank such you. a oh, <laughs> <laughs> great job a plus for you um uh, he's like he's such a wonderful instructor and he's such a phenomenal musician so i mean mm-hmm. first off for anyone listening who has any interest in hearing saxophone being played really, really well. Um, I would suggest checking out Ralph Bowen. He's phenomenal. And I think I think one thing that like I so saw my for my for my first thing, um, I think one thing that really stood out was just how like he's been doing this for ages. He's one of the best saxophone players alive and he's still so fascinated by it like he would still in the middle of a lesson kind of be like oh I never thought of this this way like just a moment I need to go over and work this thing out and he'd kind of sit at the drums and do something and then he'd play something and be like oh this is something I could explore so like every now and then he would just suddenly get fascinated with what he was doing and I don't think he's like he didn't seem bored of it and i think that's amazing especially when people get into um teaching what they're doing cuz a lot of people like the whole thing where they're like oh if you can't do teach it's like okay no that's not a thing like that should
0: never be a is, thing. no a i hate when people think should be some of that. the best doers who are also great teachers
1: yeah you know, and they at should that level. yeah and like find yeah. joy in teaching it as well so i just i really love that he was constantly still interested in discovering things and he wasn't just like Okay, it's week two, so we're doing these scales and now we're doing this exercise. Like use all the approaching one, it differently.
0: It's keep, keep yourself interested and always be awe inspired. Yeah. Okay, that's that's great. Okay, what's what's the second thing?
1: Um there was one thing that and so I guess so that's more of just a like approach to music and studying in general. I mean, so anything, I guess I'll go to the right? other end here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Which yeah. is great. I think that's uh, studying arts especially I think i don't know has a lot of there's a lot of context and how it just impacts your life and so on so i guess for the next one i'll choose a more i don't know not totally theory based but a slightly more approach to actually playing that i always remembered um because my lessons were at i think 11 to 12. so he told me at the beginning he's like i really like to make analogies and this lesson is right before lunchtime so they're mostly going to be food based <laughs> So <I was> like <laughs> okay and so he was talking about how um like approaching chord changes and, and so on, um, was sort of like attending a really big dinner party. And he spent a lot more time describing the food at this pretend dinner party than (laughs) necessary. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so you could kind of always tell when he's getting hungry. Um, but he was talking about how, so, um, so when you're playing and, uh, you're going to be improvising over a certain chord, um, it's, yeah, it's like a, a party. If you arrive too early at that chord, it can be really sort of uncomfortable unless you bring something really good to that party so if you arrive too early people are still in their house coats and they're like we're not ready we don't have the balloons up what are you doing here and if you're playing these notes it can kind of sound like it doesn't quite make sense um but if you arrive a little bit late at the party then you've kind of created that tension for slightly longer and then when you like really meet that chord that the release is like even better so (laughs) I don't I'm not explaining this nearly as as well as he did but he just had this idea where you're like oh if you take a little bit longer to maybe get to the chord, as long as you're doing it I don't know in a nice artistic way and picking the right notes I guess um that that was always kind of more exciting to maybe just build that tension for a little longer and then arrive at the party and everyone's excited to see you rather than getting there too early and people maybe aren't Ready for it. But obviously, there's so exceptions two
0: to that. So, is be more like Gandalf <laughs> and arrive <laughs> precisely when you mean to. Is this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> number three.
1: Precisely when you mean to, and that sometimes it can be cool to maybe stretch that resolution a little bit longer and, and arrive yeah. a little late.
0: <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that, though, too, because one of the things um, that we talk, that I, that I talked a lot about with students of mine is. Is is um, learning phrasing from vocalists, and when I'm working with vocal students, to just talking about phrasing, and and not being so now obviously know where the beat is and know where the phrase the natural phrase is, but not necessarily be concerned. Like if you hear something artistically that allows you to 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 arrive just an in interpretation of the melody late um, to to explore that. And one of the exercises I would have them do would be like. Um, add a beat instead of fly me to the moon, you know, just come in one beat like fly me to the moon and let me gaze, you know, and have that kind of um, j- just, just as, as, experience. So it's, it's um, taking that a step further. And when you're creating your own melodies, allowing them to, to not be rigid, am I saying that proper?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think okay. so. <laughs>
0: that's cool um so that's number two and what's number
1: three so okay number three i guess this falls kind of in the middle of just an interesting like conceptual approach to sort of art and keeping your interest in it in life and then also like making these sort of analogies so i mean that always worked really well for me because i my whole my entire thought process is an analogy i need to take a concept and turn it into something else entirely figure that out and then like bring it back um but uh there was one time where i just um i'm sure people have noticed this because i'm terrible at covering it and i am a pretty open book um i get major anxiety performing a lot of the time and i just panic and things that i can do when i'm just sitting at at home and practicing uh, in this space, actually, there's a saxophone on the wall, so hopefully that helps. Um, that it works here and often it doesn't. Um, it doesn't necessarily translate to when I'm in a situation where I'm really really nervous. And so something that he sort of started me on that I have kind of been thinking about a lot lately and coming up with some ideas that I I'm, I would hope that. I mean, hopefully it will be helping me, but I mean, ideally it would help other people too, um, was that at one point he was like, okay, well, when you stand up to take a solo and you get all of a sudden nerves, just like block everything, um, like practice it standing up, like practice it getting nervous. Like, don't like, I'm not going to say, okay, go make yourself really miserable and anxious, but I mean, kind of, because if you were in Like, it's almost like a dress rehearsal. So if you were in a performance of Peter Pan, where famously the person playing Peter Pan is hooked up to a whole lot of wires and they are being like flown all over the stage or whatever. And now we're getting into my weird analogy. This is my thing. Yeah, you would never go into the opening night having not done your part on the wires. So if you've like settled, you've memorized all your lines and you've, you know, all the songs and you know all the lines and whatever, but you've never done it while you're hooked up on a wire to the ceiling, like that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So to this point I've kind of thought, well, maybe even just, cause he had suggested standing up. And then we kind of took that to the next step for um physical practicing where we was like okay you know what we're doing rhythm changes uh face this wall for the a section face this wall for the next a section face this wall for the b section which in a concert would be a little weird if i was just like i've played this many bars and now i have to face this direction um but it kind of made me think that even the act of standing up for a solo like playing the melody sitting down and then standing up and playing a solo and then sitting back down um so i mean i've kind of throwing it around in my mind being like, maybe I should get dressed up. Maybe I should put my suit on. Maybe I should put my shoes on. Maybe I should like full on do that in my room and like get into, um, I don't know, maybe even run up and down the stairs a couple of get times. So I'm slightly out of breath. Right. Yeah, because like, if that's kind of what we said at the beginning, if your plan is to be nervous, then when you are nervous, you're ready for it. So this has been something I'm sort of just like throwing around being like, okay, maybe if I practice being nervous. This brings up
0: a lot. So I mean, there's there's the uh, the old joke, uh, the old jazz musicians ah. joke, which is,
1: how did Stan
0: Getz play so well drunk? It was easy. <laughs> he practiced drunk. So that was yep. that. You know that old um, that old joke, um, which I which I I don't know if it's true or not. Um, but uh, it, it I, I know my trumpet maker talks talks to me a lot about visualization. And there are things that we don't talk about when we're in a quantified musical experience. So basically we're in a music degree and what we're doing, they have to grade. So it has to be quantifiable. So things like style and nuance and, um, and, and visualization and performance techniques and stuff, don't come up as much. It's just, you, you, you're supposed to perform and most of us as musicians are introverted and you're supposed to perform and you're a young person and you've got all those other things going on that young people have in your head because you're just a normal person. And now you're supposed to stand up in front of a group of people and be like, this is how it goes. And that's um, you know, it's, it's you're just expected. And of course, and, and a professor will just stare at you and go, why? Why? Why did you stop blowing with lots of air? You know, why are you doing that? Why are you looking down? Why are you playing so small? Why are you being so timid? Like. It it stop it just stop it and it's not you know so there's there's got to be we have to learn how to do that and visualization of course is is a is a great trick. Um, Pat Bellavo used to talk about he would stand in his room at home with his eyes closed, deep listening music, um, you know, and one of his favorite you know saxophone solos or something. Or on any instrument, he he really likes Bobby Shue. and I remember I think he was even talking about Bobby Shue and he knew some of Bobby Shue's solo so well and he was um he as a saxophone player, he was visualizing he was playing trumpet in front of a in, in a concert hall in front of a, a ton of people and killing it, like, you know, with the sounds of Bobby Shue in his head. And he he used to talk about things like that for visualization and for and and he's having fun, you know, he's he's just loving it. <laughs> I'm
1: writing this down this is yeah. a very good idea <laughs> yeah, like, super,
0: super and I mean I've I've done that I've I've listened to piano players and I don't have the time to to learn the skill set and mm-hmm. and then I've you know I've, I'm like man I would love to be able to play something like that at a yeah in a concert you know um but yeah okay well those are all really good I like that okay who who's your I I, I know the answer to a lot of these things questions of course but who who is your favorite saxophone player
1: you know, I keep every time I answer these, I'm like, Johnny knows all this. And then I remember there's everyone out here on the internet listening. Um, my favorite saxophone player is Dexter Gordon, which yeah. I'm guessing that was your guess also. Uh,
0: yeah, 100%. He is <laughs> and, uh, and you've got his album right back there. Uh, I oh, do. Yeah. Good
1: call. You can just see the G. Yeah. Go.
0: But I know that album well. That is yes. That is great. And it looks like you've got John Coltrane's the Love Supreme. I do. Just peeking, just barely there. And, and what's the other one? I know one? they were all,
1: they were sort of spread out, but then there was some moisture coming in from the windows and it started to warp one of them. I freaked out. Uh, the other one is sort of a, one of these things is not like the other. The other is Mastodon's Crack the Sky. It's kind okay. of like a prog rock metal uh, one, but I prog, love rock, metal very deeply. Um, yeah. kind of like The guitar player went to music school. He studied a lot of classical guitar stuff. So there's a lot yeah. of very interesting things going on in there, but those awesome. are three of my favorite albums in existence. So... <laughs>
0: Do you, well, do you remember when we did, because um, I think Brian brought it up last week when we, when the CJO, when we did uh, Winton's arrangement of Coltrane's Love Supreme.
1: I do remember. And I think that was very, I can't remember how many years ago, but it was a couple days ago that my Instagram stories was reminding me. And it was like, look at all these saxophones. And I was looking going, what did I play soprano for again? And there's that one like eight bar thing in that Love Supreme arrangement where it's five sopranos. Five sopranos. That's a lot. Long- of sopranos
0: yeah that's but yeah that was very fun yes
1: (laughs) (laughs) half a soprano (laughs) I
0: kid so uh that was so fun it didn't
1: hurt my back to play at all like what a good time
0: (laughs) yeah don't get used to that um (laughs) and well let's just go around your room there so i see it looks like you've got a painting of the beatles i I didn't
1: realize my backdrop was such a like collage of my favorite it's a collage
0: and you've got a, a saxophone I and, do. And I'm loving this that that style of of kind of metal art piece and thing that you see especially you see it a lot with music. My my grandpa my grandfather had a rumpus room. And uh, he used to call it and it had black and white tiled floors and that was where all the parties would be. And uh in in his basement, just in a postwar bungalow, but the you know the majority of the basement was this this room that he called the rumpus room and he had a record player at one end with 78s and and um, and records. I, I still have all the records, and mm-hmm. all over the walls he had uh, big band pictures, black and white big band pictures, and artists and 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 stuff all around the walls, and and stuff like that. Um, oh, I love that. That's wonderful. It was, it was really cool. It was a neat. It's a, it's a neat. So anyway, it's it's reminding me of that.
1: Um, I very much wish I had black and white tile, but unfortunately, I have a whole bunch of mess of like baby stuff. <laughs> In here for a while. Which isn't yours. It's
0: actually your baby. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I. I have a few toys. That I'm like, why do I have this Finding Nemo toy when Finding Nemo came out when I was an adult? And it's great because now I can give it to my baby to play with. But I'm like, no, I buy toys as an adult. So.
0: I've, I've known you. That doesn't surprise.
1: But I mean, I have this little bear that I bought at the Blue Note in New York because they had a bear and I wanted to have it. And now I'm like, maybe I should share my Blue Note bear with my baby. But... Also, it's right. my Blue Note Bear. Oh, ye Blue Note toys. My
0: Blue Note <laughs> pen. <laughs> it doesn't play very well.
1: Obviously, but, um, Blue Note is killing it with the merch. This is really good. They, they are CGO killing bears. it with the merch.
0: I think I, I bought, like, I even bought, I bought t-shirts. I bought, I, you know, just support the club. Yeah, saw absolutely. I saw Chris Bodie there okay. right before the uh, the lockdowns. And Veronica oh, Swift yeah. was singing, and she was
1: amazing.
0: Um, okay, and then you've got some girly flower stuff, which that is very you. That
1: is my... My bouquet from my wedding and my sister's bouquet from her wedding next to it, or oh. my bouquet from my sister's, my maid of honor one. That's what That small. makes more sense. I'm like, why yeah, would you have
0: uh, your sister's bridal bouquet? Does she know? Yeah, she I was like, wait now. a minute.
1: No. And it's so much smaller. No, it was my bouquet from being her maid of honor. So I remember to actually hang them upside down. So those are, those are more than just like regular flowers, I guess. They're kind right. of special.
0: And most importantly, we have a, we have a stormtrooper.
1: Very important. It means business. When I'm yeah. teaching my classes I'm like this guy. My I'm up. looking. I'm looking
0: back and seeing that, and I'm looking up and seeing, in uh, right there, I, my that trumpet of mine kind of looks like it should be played by a stormtrooper.
1: Oh, it kind of does. Yeah. You should have a stormtrooper helmet helmet next to it. Have the trumpet
0: like. <laughs> <laughs> Just mount it on the wall. Cut that. Okay. Cut the helmet in half. Oh, the trumpet the coming out. <gasps> oh my gosh, Irma Gersh. Irma-gersh. Um. Okay. So you also, uh, obviously we talked about other instruments playing other woodwinds, which is very expected for uh, big bands and jazz orchestras and, and especially with the Calgary Jazz Orchestra, uh, especially um, with some of my writing. I like to to really throw you guys around in different instruments. Um, so you play um, the bass clarinet as well. A lot. I write, I write a lot of bass clarinet for you. And,
1: and I think it's going to get better. And this is is another thing that I feel like just pertains to life is if you are super mega struggling with something a lot maybe look into some external factors just in case and don't just keep expecting that life is going to be impossible because I lent my like actually just a bit before the pandemic I think I lent my bass clarinet to um Jim Brennan who's another one of my former teachers and sexual players who's amazing and he yeah he needed to use it and he just messaged me and was like you know this doesn't work. Right. <laughs> I was like, what? And he's like, it is almost impossible. You can't get over the break. Like this key doesn't work whatever. And I was like, oh, I thought, I thought base clarinet was just like the hardest thing in the universe. <laughs> so he was like, no, it's important to look into why things are hard. Maybe ask for help. Maybe don't always assume that it's you. <laughs> so um, valuable life lesson. And also um probably going to be a little happier to see base clarinet parts now because apparently it wasn't entirely my fault which is great news.
0: Because you know I love writing for bass clarinet.
1: Yes. And Um, I love the sound of it. It's beautiful. And now it actually works, which is like a whole very exciting thing.
0: Okay, good. Well, um, maybe you should have done. You should have lent it to him a few years ago, I guess. Um, Yeah,
1: seriously. uh, I just assumed it was me the whole time, which is like not a good way to go about life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. So when it comes to playing Barry Sachs, give us three tips in two minutes to make someone a great baritone saxophone player?
1: Ooh, three tips in two minutes. Oh god, now this is like, this is really intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like, and I, I don't have much to compare this to because I obviously only have like my experience and my familiarity with instruments, but um, I kind of feel like flute helped. Really? um so for because it don't know it requires
0: so much air blowing over the hole yeah
1: because hmm. some people who i know would um would go to barry and be like oh this is a lot of air and i was just like oh is it um so I was a flute player before saxophone player um not like at a university level but in in high school and in um, jazz band and then they were like sorry we don't have flute and my dad said well I played saxophone so you should play saxophone and I was like okay I'll play saxophone and then I really liked it so it worked out um but yeah like I I don't know. It never felt like it needed as much air as flute did. (laughs) Um, So I don't know, maybe it's one of those things, like when you get really far in some, some sports, um, they have you do ballet because that technique actually ends up really informing your playing, which I guess kind of parallels studying a lot of classical technique can often help with jazz as well, just because it, I don't know, strengthens different muscles and areas of your brain and stuff. So, um, I mean, maybe I'm just thinking of that because we're talking about, um, talking about doubles before, but I don't know. Um, getting a harness is really good so it doesn't squish your back too much. I don't know. So lots a lot there.
0: of Get a harness.
1: Yeah, <sighs> good harness. And... and I mean, listen to really good Berry players. Like, I mean, yeah. and listen to, like, I think one of my very favorite things about Berry is that it's sort of a lot of instruments. Like, I mean, this happens a lot in rehearsals, where you'll be like, okay, saxophones play. And I'm like, okay, but is that me? Cause I don't play that, that line. So I guess not. And am will be like, okay, trombones now play this line. And I'm like, okay, I should, I'm a trombone right now. So I should probably do that. So, I mean, kind of listening to other instruments and other parts, I feel like has, has helped me a lot too, because I don't know, as a low instrument, you're sort of really actually as any range instrument, you're really conscious of what your role is in the, in an ensemble and like layers and kind of what function you're serving i guess so yeah i don't know like listen to other berry players sounds really basic but i don't know there's so many different sounds that people get out of the instrument that it's i don't know i think it's awesome spoilers i like Barry sax
0: okay so <laughs> speaking of great berry sax players i'm going to play something for you now hey. and i want you to tell me who the baritone saxophone
1: player is. <laughs> no no i'm scared <laughs> drop the needle no I haven't done this in, I'm in this in forever
0: do you know this recording? Mm-hmm. know it, but it's really beautiful. It is great, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, I'll give you a hint. He played with the Duke Ellington Orchestra for a long time. Well, like, I feel
1: like I should know if it's Harry Carpenter. or not. So, no, it's not. Yeah, either. I know, that's what I was like. It doesn't sound like
0: him really, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't know. sound like him. Then, mean, then he played oh. with um, Jazz and Lincoln Center. Is it
1: Joe Temperley?
0: Joe Tamperley.
1: that was kind of what i thought at first when i was like oh my god like (sighs)
0: he's he's one of my favorites
1: that's why i was like it doesn't sound like harry carney and then you said duke ellington and i was like oh no if it's harry carney and i didn't recognize it like immediately (laughs) then like i have to turn in my berry card or something but i mean when you started i was like it's probably joe temperley but yeah (sighs) i I,
0: I actually had someone come up to me you might find this uh, funny and it was it was. I can't remember where we were playing it was somewhere n- not um, metro, metro, metropolitan like it was a small town somewhere and the person came up to me and he said um, when you sang that song I don't, I don't even remember which song it was when you sang that song and, and I found it quite a compliment because I knew what they were saying but they said you sounded a lot like Harry Carney Jr. And I
1: was, <laughs> 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 that's, good. that's amazing I'll i mean that. if you combine the two that would be pretty good
0: so i i mean i'm glad they knew the name harry carney so, yes and, i would actually harry just be excited about it. that <laughs>
1: um
0: okay well that's sunset and the mockingbird that's um the ellington um the, that's their live in cuba recording but i love that track and um yeah yeah maybe we'll do it when we do ellington again we'll do yeah. it and, and feature I love
1: ellington
0: again. and we'll feature um Someone playing, playing. Yeah, you. uh, uh, The stormtrooper. That's what you're pointing at, I assume. Hopefully, hopefully, when the stormtrooper plays Barry, uh, it can actually hit its targets more often.
1: (laughs) Very good. (laughs) Okay,
0: so something you and I have talked about before, and I think this is an important thing to mention, is uh, um, gender in music. So. What are the challenges? Um, you know, specifically when we say gender in music, we're talking about women in music and women in jazz. And um, and I know. For for me, as as like I, you know, I just don't th- like I don't think about those things. I'm thinking about the music, and I'm thinking about how everyone's playing, and I'm thinking about you know the 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 audience, and are we putting on a good show, and is the music mm-hmm. together, and and are the charts written well, and how can I improve, and how how can we improve, and those are my thoughts. Um. But I know that when we've toured and when we've gone and done like the school tours and it is the coolest thing ever when I see a a young girl loving the fact that there's there's this great woman in the band who's, you know, playing and tearing it up and seeing that. So I recognize the importance of of. Of championing that right so that so that we can inspire more more especially when we do school tours but when we inspire so we can inspire more kids to, to greatness and, and have them more to to belief in themselves but um, what are what are some of the challenges that you've come across um, that are that are you know in the music industry that are gender related and and uh, and possibly uh, you know benefits or hopeful things or good things that you've experienced out of it?
1: Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Like it's, because it simultaneously feels like a really big thing sometimes, but it, I wish it wasn't (laughs) like, yeah, I mean, as you said, when you're like, it's not something you think of, which I mean, ideally in a perfect world, that would be the case. Like nobody would care obviously the things that that separate people on those levels have nothing to do with how you play your instrument um unless you're doing wrong but um (laughs) like it really shouldn't it shouldn't matter but that's not the the world that we live in um so I mean it it kind of does and so a lot of people are like they don't have to think about it so it doesn't make that much of a difference but like I mean I do notice that when I think of all my favorite musicians, when I think of this is a huge theme in just life, a lot of my favorite like movie characters, a lot of my favorite, everything's like, it's usually guys, all of the artists behind me on these records are male. And I mean, yeah. that's not, that's not why they're good or anything, no. but, but it's just sort of the unfortunate reality. So, um, I I read about this a little in my, in my undergrad, I didn't, or in my graduate work, I didn't do specific research on it. But I remember reading a couple of articles, I was thinking about writing a paper on it, but it ended up turning into something else. Um, but just some of the ideas as to, um, like, why that is, because so I've also had people come up to me after and be like, Oh, it's really cool. That you're a girl in the band. And I'm like, Okay, like yeah. <laughs> but then they're like, why are, are you the only one? And I was like, Okay, well, that's a whole thing well, well, so okay, okay. Been... so
0: I've actually had someone come up to me and say good for you for having a woman in the band you know specifically oh yeah well done you. you like well done you I'm like well done I didn't do anything you know she did her homework she earns her chair the
1: credit <laughs> isn't
0: that ridiculous yeah yeah like like
1: no it. I
0: didn't sit at home and practice saxophone and study with ralph bowen on saxophone and 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 dedicate myself to performing baritone side like it's the weirdest thing that i i and i didn't know how to respond to that because they meant it it was a you know they meant it to be uplifting um and it was a lady coming from a lady um and she meant it completely uplifting but i just I, i i you know i took pause for a second i'm like it has nothing to do with me
1: yeah and i know what you mean i think that's always coming from a good place where there are more coming up and saying well thank you for not completely excluding women
0: i think that's really what
1: (laughs) that has happened so thank you for not being a monster and you're like thank you for not being a
0: chauvinist monster um
1: you're like anytime so and i absolutely like i i fully get that too but yeah like it it's really weird so when I was looking into this, because when people asked why, I was like, I don't know. Because yeah, again, it's not like you were like, well, there can be only one. <laughs> there
0: be. It's very much like and Highlander.
1: Like, it is. It's almost exactly. Yeah.
0: Obviously, if there have been any time we've ever hired another one, another uh, woman in the band. You've you've uh, I've had to fight her, <laughs> fought her, and and beheaded them. Yeah. That's it.
1: Yeah. It was just like no. <laughs> While singing
0: loud. a queen. What's the song, the one, the one from the show, the the Queen song from the show? I just forgot it.
1: Queen song from the
0: show. Yeah, that ruins the joke. I forgot the song. I know. They, they we'll edit. Some...
1: We'll fix it in post. We'll, we'll yeah. edit it in where we're subtly like the lighting's different because it's nighttime and we get the right answer and put in like some laugh tracks too because we yeah, nailed perfect. the joke.
0: Uh, good thing this is just a rehearsal. <laughs> okay, so you're saying like you you some of the things, fix So why why are you the only one? Oh and, yeah, so, And is that partly because, because see, when I look historically, I, I had someone talk to me once about how there were no, oh, now there's all these great female comedians and there never used to be. And I'm like, Carol Burnett is still brilliant if you watch her stuff. And I remember being a kid and, and seeing reruns of her shows thinking, uh, oh my goodness, this woman is, is hilarious. Like I was a yeah. child and I realized her intellect and her humor and her skill at delivery and timing and face manipulation, all the things she could do to make you feel warm. And I'm like, yeah. she was brilliant. And when I think of some of my favorite um, jazz musicians, and, and even some that I that I study their phrasing and some that I, I have my students study, like Shirley Horn is like top of the list for, for phrasing. Now that's just my preference, but um, but is it because there haven't been historically enough, Because there was a lot of chauvinism and there's, so there haven't been enough role models to open up to young women going, Hey, I, I can empathize or I can relate. I can, is that part of it or?
1: I mean, obviously I can only speak to my experience, but like, I, I think that's gotta be part of it. Like, I think there is a lot to be said for, I mean, all of your favorite things um, being made by people who, I don't know look different than you <laughs> like right. like you don't necessarily see yourself in that um I mean that being said like you like with music you're like hearing it and you're like okay I want to play music like that you're not just like necessarily looking at the musician being like I want to be that human but it's still like there's it's still really tied to that so I've ran kind of a number of things on it and I don't really know which I think is the most plausible, or I think if maybe it's a mix, but that was a lot of it is that, yeah, now um, obviously you don't have a rule that we can only have one. And like, thank you for allowing one like woman <laughs> oh, into your gosh. band. How nice of you. Like, obviously that's not a rule, but a long time ago probably was <laughs> like, I, and um, no. so, but there's also, even if it wasn't a specific rule, I mean, and women weren't allowed to do a lot of things for a long time. But um even if it wasn't a rule, there was still just a smaller pool to pick from, which I guess yeah. has still sort of been the case. But um, so what I had seen a little bit was that um there was some interesting studies looking at why if you look at like high school and junior high jazz bands, which I'm sure you're familiar with and do a lot of clinics, it's a pretty even split. There's a lot of girls in them. There are every now. Time you go there and do clinics now. at yeah. high schools, there's a Yes, but like in the last like 10 years, every time you go and do clinics at high schools, there's usually a lot of girls and they're playing saxophone, they're playing trombone, they're playing whatever, like they're playing so maybe, all the things. Maybe this and then all of a sudden you look at university.
0: Maybe this is something that we just are going to naturally grow out of because we've seen I mean, a lot yeah. of movement forward and we see the necessity for it. So that mm-hmm. um, and but there was a there was a thing where Went Marcellus was talking about. um race. And he said, you know, if you're a clarinet player and you're standing on the banks of the, I'm going to, you know, probably not remember the story exactly, but if you're a clarinet player and you're standing on the banks of the Mississippi and you see a riverboat go by and we're going back, we're talking about early jazz kind of times. And uh, so let's say it's 1922 and you are in New Orleans. And, And so, and you hear a riverboat going by and you hear coming across the water, you hear the sweetest swinginest most beautiful clarinet lines and tone and sound you've ever heard in your life and you're a clarinet player Your all you know is i i want to aspire to be that's that's in my passion that's in my soul i want to do everything in my life to dedicate my life to trying to do what that person is doing and and it, it's a you know the color of the person is irrelevant at mm-hmm. that point and he talks about music being a big bridge maker for that and uh I mean, hopefully we're in the we're in a forward momentum with that then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is there anything that, that that can be done from your perspective that you think that we can that, that, that we as the music community can do to to um, facilitate that?
1: Um, I'm not sure about the music community, but I think a lot of the things that I I saw being presented as as theories as to why there's this sudden drop off after high school where you have a like, currently you have a lot more women and girls and jazz band, and then you get into a post-secondary setting and you don't. Um, the theories were partially that jazz can be like a slightly more unpredictable career path. And that's a little bit harder. <laughs> like you don't necessarily have, you don't get that's a That's the biggest understatement
0: to of tonight's chat. Yeah. That's
1: a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The last year has showed us <laughs> yeah but it's not one that if you're planning on starting a family like I didn't really know um a lot of people when I was like I mean yeah for those of you who don't know I had a little, a little baby last year um and I didn't really know a ton of people who had gone through this in this particular industry in this particular like genre performance too that had had a baby like had it come out of them I knew lots of people who had had a baby but they were like I had a baby. It's very sweet. And now I'm here at rehearsal a little while later. And like my body is fine and I can lift my instrument and I'm not falling apart. So that Mm -hmm. makes it tricky. And then also I think over the years, and again, like in the past, um, women have been taught to be like maybe a lot less assertive. And we're now kind of getting past that and being like, we don't have to apologize for everything. We don't have to whatever. And jazz is a little tricky with that too, because you have to stand up and you have to take charge of a solo and you have to be like yeah you should be looking at me and I shouldn't be apologizing for anything and like so I've seen interesting things looking at the psychology of it and like as soon as improvisation becomes the focus then you see a like there's been some data about just there being less um less women in jazz and post-secondary because it's more like that so I mean I don't know Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's because of it being a difficult career or because it's like we don't have those historical figures. I mean there's obviously lots of women in jazz historically that are incredible. But we also kind of expect to always see them like singing or at the piano or whatever. So well, and I don't the, know. The
0: singing one is is uh I've I've worked with with women who are are instrumentalists and they always laugh when they walk into a room or a club that they haven't played before and the sound guy go you know just just assumes they're the singer.
1: Yeah. And, that has uh, happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: happened to you with me. Yeah.
1: And, I and I, like, I'm not a singer. You don't want me and doing
0: I, that. <laughs> I, I, I think I I'm just I'm this is just barely coming back to me. We, we were sh- we showed up at a theater and the sound guy some. Yeah. Just assumed you were the singer. And um, I think I picked up your saxophones or your sax and your, your bass clarinet. I think you had your bearing your bass clarinet. I think I picked them up and I went and sat in your chair like started like putting your music in order or something because oh it was it was um it was good
1: yeah you know, we have to slot into our proper role apparently yeah that's right I <laughs> yeah i mean ideally like i hope we're moving towards a place where it's not an issue because it shouldn't be it makes no actual difference to anything but like it always has been kind of weird so
0: yeah i we'll just keep doing what we do you know i I remember talking with jerry bear going back about 20 years and you know somebody said something about somebody about somebody's band or something and it and it it was something i was involved in and um and uh and someone said something negative about jerry and i said jerry they don't even know you and that's not even an you know the the things we go through as performers because you're always in front of people, mm-hmm. and and uh, that's a lot. I'm trying to remember this too, but it was it was basically they said something, and he said, "That's okay. I'm just gonna. I can't. I can't control that. I'm just gonna keep doing what I do. Like I have a path that I'm on and things I'm trying to learn, and that's all I can do. And you know I'm not saying I do it all right. And I went, man, that's that was a, that was a great life lesson that I got from Jerry mm-hmm. Bear. Don't tell him um but that was like I'm
1: recording this yeah <laughs> it's not yeah, a secret
0: he never listens to anything i say anyway he'll he'll hear everything you say if he listens to it and he'll never listen to a word i say um no, you know for, for real though like i remember I, I think i was like 21 so he was like 30 50 60s 60, like 62 probably um <laughs> i'm gonna get in trouble for that one but um but yeah i remember that i remember that stuck but We'll keep doing what we do so so in relation to what we do uh what was your favorite or what was what was the best calgary jazz orchestra concert we've ever done this interpret gets, the word best however yeah. you want
1: oh okay oh this gets this gets tricky because I keep being like oh so in the last what like four or five years and then i'm like no it's like 10 years years, oh my goodness uh now i'm 60 50. um Uh, 60 50
0: 100 two years old
1: 50
0: 100 um you don't look a day over 50 50 100
1: by the way oh thank you i gotta get another new filter around those (laughs) (laughs) maybe i'm cuter with like the dog ears um i always love every time we've been able to play duke ellington because that's just my favorite big band stuff that exists um so i mean as far as like other arrangements that we played i have um a question
0: about that specifically Mm -hmm. when we do duke ellington of course we are like i'll arrange a bunch of stuff but we'll also use stuff right from ellington's book Mm -hmm. is it your favorite because there's no bass bone, so you're not fighting with Mm -hmm. greg for your
1: I never thought of that. No, I can't be because my other favorite things are when I get to play like a really awesome part with Greg. He is amazing to sit in front of and just like sounds awesome. And it's so much fun. No, I love bass trombones. So I would never have something be my favorite because there's none of it. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, that's just because Duke Ellington is just one of my, my very favorite um, musicians in his band. And I mean, also his his writing like he's writing he's he's like best buds with harry carney and he wrote just wonderful parts for him so it's really unique very parts um and then also i just like i love all the stuff that we've done that we've just like reimagined i always i have a very large spot in my heart for the christmas show too because i love christmas (laughs) um and it's always like I don't know. That's always been kind of a special thing too, is to get to now as an adult kind of re, and I guess I'm maybe reflecting on stuff like this more just because now I have a little baby, but to get to play things that I knew from when I was little, and then you have that whole lifetime of being familiar with a piece of music. And then as an, as an adult, you're seeing how um, someone has Put that together and reinterpreted it for for a big band so something you're really familiar with and just approaching it like years later for something else kind of why it was really fun to play all like the disney songs and stuff too so i don't know it's hard to pick favorites because we've also played i think ages ago we, we should do a mingus show again because that's another thing that i think it's been love a
0: long a lot. time since we've done a mingus show it
1: has i think we're due
0: <laughs> and it's always it- you know, doing the music of Charlie Mingus. You know, for everyone listening, it, it, it just just listen to Ah Um or Roots and Blues or you know those records. Yeah. They it is so infectious, and it. I mean, it's a different thing for us when we go through music school and we and we are exposed to these things and we're exploring these things, which of course the regular person isn't doing. It's it's our job to bring to bring that music to them, and every mm-hmm. time you know we play Charles Mingus or I ask someone and they did had no idea, Like when we did Mingus, I can't remember. We did another our second half was it was a different artist that was more well known that that you know was more accessible or marketable or something but but when Ooh. we when they came and they heard mingus they went that was that was amazing oh yeah you know when they hear that moaning and uh, better get it in your soul and oh my god and uh, yeah, i
1: remember it's freaked out the first time i heard that <laughs> like yeah it's just right? it's you're like how is this so good how is this allowed <laughs>
0: especially as a barry Sags player moaning is yeah. pretty great okay cool um what was, what was the best Calgary Jazz Orchestra moment that you can remember?
1: Oh, that's Calgary Jazz Orchestra moment that I can't remember. Oh, that's hard. I'm so, I can never even, it's gonna no, favorite color I can pick, but favorite anything is so difficult Okay, well, because there's just like so much within that.
0: What's your favorite Star Wars movie?
1: Okay, some some favorites. I guess I can pick Empire. that's my favorite. Empire. Star Wars movie. Okay. Yeah.
0: I really like Rogue One.
1: Yeah, Rogue One was fun.
0: Right. It was very neat. And you are so you're you're a bit of a Star Wars. Um, you like it? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's okay. I don't mind it. I mean, how my many... baby's name is Luke. I have a stormtrooper behind me. I'm not really <laughs> fooling anybody. <And laughs> how many? How many? I
0: I remember this because I remember the pictures. But when you when you went to uh, Disneyland, and they had the huge Star Wars shop opened. Uh, how many action figures did you purchase?
1: Actually, I didn't because you stole I them? I stole all of them. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's recorded. I didn't actually know. I don't know. We were already on like a grand adventure trip. And I was like, we just had a giant, because we went on our, as my cousin was eight at the time, he said we were going on a honey party. So for our honeymoon or honey party. And um, that was a very fun adventure. But it was like, we just had a wedding. I don't have any money. We have to be grownups now. And now I'm like, I wish I'd bought more toys at Disney World. (laughs) But I do have a little Jedi Mickey Mouse that Luke plays with a lot. So again, good thing I bought myself toys so that I could, share some of them with him later
0: that's awesome um, um maybe
1: favorite favorite moment uh, and i know i'm just going to like christmas again i don't look for jazz things but like there there have just been times in the the oh holy night one when we play it that i've just like i don't know christmas is my very favorite thing and there's just so much of the year is just ridiculous and the fact that we do that each year and it just builds and it's this just gorgeous arrangement that paul Ashwell did that I just. I don't know. I, I get chills um from that arrangement a lot. And I think the fact that we do it almost every year is makes it really really special. So it's kind of a repeated moment,
0: but it's powerful for really me every like time. It. Yeah. And, and actually honestly to sing it is uh is a lot of um it's a hard thing to explain how it drains you because it's, it it's it's technically a, a difficult thing to sing as a singer, but but at the end I'm um I don't know. You when you when you go to that place, it's amazing, but you you can't you can't keep doing it. Like <laughs> there's yeah. the tank drains so quick because it, it, there's so much in in it, and so I got to do it at the end. <laughs> yeah, and everything you mentioned is 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 accurate. Like the year is is wound up in it your your feelings about emotion and family and Christmas and loved ones and loved ones we've lost and family and friends and all of us being together on stage in front of a room of, of beautiful people It it's um yeah it's, I, I hear you
1: I miss everybody
0: <laughs> me too do you remember do you remember when we were playing and because I remember this because you asked me about this after and I said uh, you know are there any kids I think it was a matinee concert um, in the Christmas series and um, and it was uh, it was a it was a full room and I I asked people what their favorite Christmas song was and someone said something and so we we played it like just you know Im, Im, impromptu improv kind of and then someone else and we played it and I had everyone in the room sing along and then I said you know what kids are here and what uh, and and you know what you know, what, what are your favorite songs? And the, uh, the, you know, there was a bunch of kids there, of course, and, and one jumped up on their chair. And I think they said Santa Claus is coming to town. And he he was jumping and I said, what's your favorite? He said, Santa Claus is coming to town. And I don't know, I don't know what the And then I said, well, would you, um, would you like to come sing it with me? And he goes, yeah. And he jumps down off his chair and comes running down the hall, the concert hall, and runs up the, the, to the stage. Do you remember this? Because after okay. you said, was, this a, was he a plant? Yes. And, and I'm like, no, he wasn't a plant. And you oh. guys know I'll do some goofy things or fun things. Yeah. I like planted choirs in the audience. And if, if I think it'll be musical. And I would have done that had I been smart enough to think of it. But no, it was just literally words that came out of my mouth. I had no idea I was going to say it. And then he came running up and uh and then I, and then he sang with with us and i sang back and forth with him and and he grabbed the the guest vocalist mic of the time. i think johanna was on that show i recall grabbed her mic and and yeah. saying and then she and then he went back to his seat and after the parents came up to me and said um you know he he doesn't talk and he's extremely he doesn't talk very much and he's extremely shy and he came up and answered all my questions and smiled and sang the whole song and went oh. back to his parents with his huge his huge boots and his huge jacket and he was like maybe 6 5 i was just like yeah
1: do you remember that now i okay. i remember i think i remember like a kid coming up and and singing but i don't recall hearing about that that second part about him not normally talking because i feel like i would just waterworks like yeah, that's amazing I, I hope wherever that kid is now i mean i hope he's like still coming to these shows because that would be awesome but i hope he he's like not lost that like that ability to come up because i mean if, as an adult like you'll, you'd say do you want to come up and sing and they'd be like oh no and no like,
0: adult would do it yeah yeah
1: yeah so that's amazing like what a little champion
0: yeah yeah you gave me the that's waterworks so special that i was so blown away by i was so blown away i was also blown away because i wouldn't have been able to do that when i was a kid no no so. No.
1: Actually, another like favorite after show moment was in um, it was either Lethbridge or Olds. I think it's Olds. Um, one of the um, yeah, it was Olds where we do that um, performance every year around like November. Yeah,
0: and the workshops and everything. Yeah.
1: There was one year that this gentleman came up to me after the show, and I I cannot remember his name. On the off chance he's watching this, I'm really really sorry. Um, but he came up and we talked a bit about saxophone. He's like, "I always wish I." Played saxophone, but I didn't. And I was like, why, why, why don't why did not you go play saxophone? Like there's no rule. And he was like, saxophones out like, there. I've seen them. It's like, I'm an adult. I should have started when I was a kid. And I was like, well, whatever, it doesn't matter. And then he's like, oh. And then we came back the next year and he came up and he was like, I went and rented the saxophone. It's really fun. I'm really enjoying it. And I was just like, ah, I play saxophone, that's awesome.
0: That's amazing. So yeah,
1: stuff like that just makes me really, really happy.
0: Oh, me too. Oh, that's amazing. I hadn't heard that story. <gasps> story time okay what uh now you have a little boy luke and he turns Thank one you. in six days is that correct it looks he like it does
1: you're on the ball or at least i think i'm trusting you i know it's next week so.
0: it's six days it is uh, if um, it's,
1: next. it's friday today
0: i'm not good at math so i brought my calculator out and made sure that i was right and,
1: and you typed uh, in luke's birthday Luke's birthday <laughs> yeah six days it's a good
0: calculator <laughs> um it's a smart calculator the uh that's pretty awesome and he's going to be at the uh, i'm sure he'll be at the cjo shows and uh like he's going to be a cjo kid for the next you know 15 years he's
1: already been a cjo kid but nobody knew about him yeah, so last was... year <laughs> yeah okay the last concert that we did was last february and i remember we played um two of the songs we played in the soul part were we, i think we did james brown's papa's got a brand new bag and we did that crazy saxophone uh, part Yeah, which he noticed. (laughs) Was he? (laughs) Yes. So after that whole, like, saxophone, whatever, I don't know what his thoughts were. I don't know if he loved it or hated it, but he had some thoughts. And so, like, (laughs) after we all, like, sat down, he was like, what is happening? (laughs) So that was extremely cool, was that that was around the time where I was starting to feel him was January, February. And we played... um, a couple of shows during that and i could i could feel him kicking there and i was like hey, i'm gonna remember this forever this is extremely cool and then i hadn't really made any sort of social media announcement or whatever and i was like oh this will be so fun by april i'll get to have like i'll have like a suit and a tie and i'll play saxophone with a big baby in my tummy and then everything shut down and i just stayed home
0: i, I <laughs> he was, got to uh, come
1: to some concerts in my tummy.
0: i was very curious to see because um my my former assistant uh, who's a great saxophone player, as you, and you know her very well, Lacey. Yeah, Lacey Marchand. She um, she would talk about playing alto saxophone when she was pregnant, and how how there was no air, and she said there's yeah. just no air to the point that she put it down. And I was like, how is Sarah gonna play Barry? And I know you would have found a way, but I was like, how yeah. is like when we hit when we hit our June concert, of course which was canceled to COVID, but I was uh. Very intrigued to see how that would uh how, how you were gonna pull that off. Um, oh, me
1: too, because you have no air. Like
0: yeah, it's, yeah.
1: they showed us a diagram and the baby's just there and they're like, Oh, and all your organs go up here, and you're like, <laughs> like up oh, in your lungs. Your lungs
0: are like, doing this <laughs> and yeah.
1: Yeah, you walk up some stairs and you're like, I have to lie down. So I've, I mean, yeah, uh, I would have figured it out, but it would have been wrong. <laughs> I, I have mean, a I voice, did play a little bit at home, but
0: I have a voice student who just uh had um she uh, took a break at the beginning of May because she just had a baby a couple weeks ago, and even like just yeah, just leading up. And I said no, just you just have to imagine this is what your body's doing because I can't yeah. relate. But from what I've seen in the, you know, I went in and looked at the 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 X-rays and stuff of mm-hmm. of pregnant women. I'm like, yeah, you this is gonna be difficult. And she's like, oh, I yeah. just I'm out of that breath when she's singing. I'm like,
1: well, I I can't. <sighs> Yeah, you, you just have to fully take relate, but I,
0: yeah, just do your best. Yeah,
1: it's pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay, so what is your favorite fascination outside of music?
1: My favorite fascination outside of music. Um, I mean, I do a lot of I do a lot of just sort of artsy hobbies and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I not I love movies. Everybody loves movies, but I am like. I do study and teach film as well. So I already kind of talked about that. Um, I, Oh, I guess this is kind of an, an interesting one. I don't know. Again, I don't know what my like very biggest fascination or hobby or whatever. Um, I do knit a lot, but I also make very tiny little clay things, which I don't know if people have seen. Do you really? Um, Do you have one there? Can you show us? I should have brought them. They are in my basement. But I make, I started just making these for, I made tiny little clay, um, like food and stuff for dolls when I was little. And a while ago I just started doing it for no apparent reason. And my husband, um, plays Dungeons and Dragons. It was like, Oh, can you make me some props? And I just started making all this elaborate, like tiny clay stuff. So I, I don't know. I've always really just loved making things. If it's, if it's music, if it's crafts, like now I want to play
0: Acta one. I want you to make me a little clay ecto one. I feel like
1: that's a lot more complicated than like a tiny piece of cake or a oh. little terror. Oh, okay. But I mean, I'm not write it down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you know I, this? Uh, this is my favorite uh, tea mug. And do um, oh. you know the, the the drummer? We haven't had him with the CJO yet, but he's he's a great drummer. Um, uh, Robin Harris. He made this. He does uh, pottery, and he <gasps> it, it's actually my favorite. I think that's his. Um, little brand that he puts in everything oh i
1: love it that's awesome
0: i said i liked gray and i liked white um because it's calming to me which is why my office and the studio and everything has that theme to it but i find it really calming and then when i want it to be christmas i just put red everywhere when i want it yeah. to be you know i can you know but uh but he made this for me and uh uh yeah so um maybe you could make me a really little one okay that i, that I could absolutely do okay like,
1: I'm you, oh my goodness <laughs> yeah i think making stuff like that especially things with your hands it's just such an intriguing thing to be able to do i don't know if you've seen like michael calendar does blacksmithing
0: blacksmithing yeah, so cool yeah and he do also blacksmith. does um michael calendar from the the trombonist from the cowboy jazz mm. and he um just for those listening um <laughs> and uh he also is uh him and his dad uh, and his grandfather and possibly his great-grandfather all were model uh model a uh, car enthusiasts. So he's picked up that hobby from his, his, um, dads and dads yeah. and dads above him. And, I'm not convinced
1: uh, he's not a time traveler. He has very cool like old timey hobbies. <laughs> if
0: maybe he's Doctor Who and the real he's the real Doctor Who. He's the doctor.
1: <laughs> he comes and he's like, oh, I have all this old timey car and blacksmithing,
0: yeah, and, like, um,
1: and trombone.
0: Yeah. Okay. So cool and you also like video games i know that i
1: do Which favorite? See, now i'm just game thinking all about all time? of these um probably the original knights of the old republic i love a lot <laughs> did
0: you play <laughs> the like new one the one. um jedi fallen order
1: i have not had a whole lot of time to play any games in quite a while and it makes me really sad because there's a lot that I keep seeing being like oh it's really fun when I have time and like I don't know that whole thing when you say when I have time and then you just wait to have time and you don't so I mean I'll have to yeah. make time eventually right now it's all kind of getting gobbled by by this little baby but my
0: little Luke yeah. well husband Luke Sarah yes. video games
1: that's true and i mean hopefully once i'm not just like working from home and taking care of them and whatever i'll be able to do more things but now things i think are are opening up and we'll get to be sort of a real person again maybe you
0: you've never stopped being a real person um (laughs) the uh we can just act we can just we can act like it again um okay um okay we're gonna get into the Oh, rapid yeah. rapid fire questions rapid fire um, okay before we do that do you have anything to ask me? you don't have to
1: I'm sure I probably do and I'm sure as soon as we get off of this I'll be like oh
0: you' be shit. texting me <laughs>
1: <laughs> like okay, we'll hop back on. I'm sure people are still watching <laughs> they're waiting for, for like the encore performance um what's what oh, oh say like what are you most looking forward to getting back into shows but I mean that's it's probably everything it's just um everything. and I, I was gonna also say like what particular artist or show are you most excited about potentially like doing with the CGO but I don't know if that's spoilers so I don't know if you're allowed to talk about anything you might want to do in the, the next season back or if that's next season top secret
0: well we I really wanted to do sweet jubilation again because mm-hmm. we were going to do it for our 15 year celebration so we might do that next April um okay. I am talking with three artists so until they're confirmed I they can't announce um to uh, for coming in I've uh I'm really looking you know what it was, I really missed doing our art of soul concert in February and yeah. with strings and I missed that and I have a lot of ideas for that so but I think it's just all of it I I don't even think I know Oh,
1: true. I know. That's why I was like, "This isn't." I mean, it's it's everything. I mean, and I'm sure, the, everyone just misses the rehearsals board. and having a snack in the middle, like yeah, <laughs> hanging on the bass Like I don't know, even all the like all of the music things for sure, and then even just seeing everybody the and community
0: and the hang, and, yeah, uh, and the growth together, right? Like just we, we all mm-hmm. got better as musicians together. Um, yeah, we're better together. There's no way around that. Um, oh. I know. There's. Uh, I won't say who it was because uh, I I don't know if. Um, if this person would, would like me to say, but there's a person in our group that would probably surprise you that came to me and said, I was going to quit playing. I was going to quit being a professional player, like maybe pull it out from time to time, but it was, it's, it's difficult. It's time consuming. Um, and they weren't feeling, uh, that they were connecting and they said, uh, the CJO was what kept me practicing every day. That's wonderful. And then they launched into a whole different side Of their music career outside of CJO, but as well, and and I, you know, yeah, that made me that made me weepy. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, rapid fire questions that are not weepy. Okay, you ready for this? Yes. Good, because you're being graded heavily. Oh no! If life were a video game, what would the best cheat code be?
1: I mean, that Sims one was a motherload or a Rosebud and you just get all the money and I'm not saying money buys happiness, but it means you don't have to do all the things that don't make you happy. So <laughs> then you can like, you can play all the music you want. You have time to do all the art that you want. You can have a whole room for every single one of your hobbies. You can fly your friends to Disney world and then you can play shows there. So, I mean, uh, infinite money sounds so like infinite greedy, money. but okay.
0: see, I, I think I'm, the I'm, wrong very, career. <laughs> I'm so disappointed because. Uh, of all the billionaires out there and Jeff Bezos and all these, bil- and none of them have decided to become Batman yet and that yeah. that really freaks me out because that would be my first choice so uh, what is the worst the worst buy one get one free sale that you could imagine
1: I mean, no, that's terrible. (laughs) (sighs) Okay,
0: you text me that one later.
1: came to my head and it would have been amazing had we had them but with just how exhausted I have been with having one little baby I feel Mm -hmm. like twins is a bit of a buy one get (laughs) one free (laughs) I've just done some like online forums when I've been like this is so hard having a baby and then people are like I have two babies and I'm like oh my goodness like I know nothing about hardship (laughs) but I also think that would be kind of awesome and it would eventually be amazing. But right now I'm still in the thick of it and I want to sleep. (laughs) um, But I don't know what the actual worst, buy one, get one. Maybe some kind of like like exotic pet that that they eat each other or something.
0: (laughs) I like that. There was was a couple we sat beside at the Blue Note just before the shutdown in New York. And they said uh, for a show and we were just chatting beforehand and they said, oh, we have... um, five kids. And I said, five, that's a lot like, wow, good for you. And, and, um, we were talking about it and stuff and it something like, and they're like, well, it wasn't planned. And, uh, but we had twins and we had, I think it was two, two girls. And they said, well, let's, let's try for a boy. So we have the twins. And they said that was, they only wanted two kids. They had twins and they were like, wow, that was an incredible amount of work and the twins got to be two and a half or something and they're like let's try for a boy and then they they got pregnant again and they went in to see if it was a boy or girl and the and the, the doctor said yes it's a boy and two girls and they were having triplets <laughs> <laughs> oh man Oh you reminded goodness. me of that story and I just, my jaw hit the floor and I said, you, you are, you people have some serious, um, constitution, you are yes. some strong individuals that are my goodness.
1: Yeah. And I mean, obviously not to say that twins would be bad. That would be amazing. But I think when you're planning for one and you get two, it's a lot. <laughs> Whereas if you're like, Oh, a free sweater or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. What two things become really weird and awkward when you do them back to back right after each other
1: No, this is really hard i'm not going to get a good grade at all <laughs> <laughs> um, what what have people said
0: <laughs> what do other people say that's what i say I mean, when the census person comes around they're like sir how many people live in this house and i'm like I don't know. I'm under a tremendous amount of pressure. To be fair,
1: when we did our census, I was like, two people live here. And then I had to be like, oh, no, another person does live here now. So this year it was kind of different to adjust to. (sighs) Um, Oh, no, I don't know.
0: Okay, we'll skip that one. What is the creepiest thing that you could say to one of us before we walk on stage?
1: Um, what
0: is the when it gets? Because some pretty crazy stuff happens backstage.
1: Hmm.
0: Nothing. You can't remember anything or think of anything.
1: Like things that have happened backstage. What? Like you sound. It sounds like I should be aware of. Like, is it haunted and I don't know about it? <laughs>
0: It's probably haunted, but it probably uh, is haunted. It's uh, ghosts of concerts past. Okay, okay. How about something else then? If we could eliminate war, all war, what would you? How would you have countries settle their differences?
1: Pogs. Why, why pogs. What pogs? are pogs?
0: Um,
1: that's why I'm very confused as to why I just thought of that. I was like, what's a game that's really peaceful? <laughs> um, <laughs> did you not play pogs? It's a thing in the it 90s little, and you had those... the circles and you had to flip them over. And then I never wanted to play anyone because I made my own pogs out of a cereal box with my school picture on it. Nobody wanted to win that one. So I'm, I'm,
0: um, just, I'm just seriously like I'm, I, I'm in my head. I'm picturing uh, Joe Biden and um, what's the Russian president? Um, Putin, Putin and Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un playing pog. Just yeah. sitting down they've got their seriously. slammers and like yeah that's right <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know pogs are i remember have zero explanation for why i suddenly just thought of those for the first time in what like 20 something years okay. um but i guess that's how we should be settling our differences
0: pogs in in three words three words only so choose them carefully what would the world be like if every single person was like you
1: Uh, Nobody would be able to answer questions very well. Uh, They wouldn't get instructions, right? Because it would be more than three words. (laughs) I I have a baby, you guys. (laughs) It's done things to my brain. Um, Three words. Sleepy but excited. (laughs) All right.
0: I like it. You get a point. Okay. If we were playing on stage, we're playing on stage. So visualization, right? It's very important. So we're visualizing, we're on stage, the Cowie Jazz Orchestra. We've got a full room. Let's say it's the Christmas show. It's your favorite show. And we're doing Perfectly Frank Christmas. And we see police officers coming at the back. And you see them. And they start walking up the aisles. They walk right up on stage. They arrest you. And they take you away. What would all of us assume that you were arrested for?
1: i am I most likely to get super arrested for? <laughs> <laughs> like not just regular arrested, like super, super arrested. arrested. I mean, uh, I feel like you probably wanted to have me arrested that time I accidentally carried my folder upside down and it was really windy and all my music fell out and blew away. I think you should
0: get arrested for that. J-
1: so I'm still living with the guilt it's, it's, I still feel bad about it that makes feeling better <laughs> I'm arrested by guilt
0: you know who else did it actually who did that was uh Jay Michael acted that our oh, player. And maybe that's
1: why he was able to find some of my blown away ones so well it's maybe I think
0: he came back close to my close to my house where we rehearse in the, in the studio here and be, do you know I was out for a run in the spring and I was I was running out along and in the uh, culvert, like in the where the snow was melting and the water was running, mm-hmm. were all these arrangements I'd written. You know, <laughs> they were all. I ran all these out, It was baritone like sax black. and trumpet. One oh. parts were all. I was finding them all.
1: I suddenly like I heard because it was really really windy. For I mean we're up in like. The North part of Calgary is bonkers windy and it was, it was pitch black in February and the wind was just kind of like whistling through the trees. And I was like, listen to those leaves blowing in the, w- oh no. Ooh, that uh-huh.
0: <laughs>
1: and then I was like, what those pieces of paper? And I was running down the street in the dark. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. So I was trying not, not to relive that memory. And for some reason, of course, that's what my brain just kept pushing to the let's, front.
0: Let's, so. let's not repeat it. What doesn't no. actually exist? But you wish you owned.
1: Wish that I owned doesn't exist. A weightless baritone saxophone.
0: (laughs) Okay. Very good. I thought you were going to say Like a little pocket
1: one. I Um, have three lightsabers. I don't know what you're talking about. they do exist. Okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. One of them?
1: is like the little toy plastic one. And Luke plays a little
0: i gave you one
1: i think so yeah
0: i remember that and then what what uh, what is what is the best color of lightsaber
1: um i like blue if it was for me a lightsaber okay i mean if i could have this combination of like crystals where it was like a teal leaning blue i would like that
0: tealy blue that could be okay um okay that should be a song tealy blue tealy blue yeah i was thinking that too yeah um tealy blue by steely dan you're listening to Night Sounds with Sarah. Um, so, okay, tell me a product that we could make for people coming to our concerts.
1: Okay, so we have a very comfy sweatshirt that I have. I have a hat that's really cool. Um, I mean, bear. Teddy bears. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think that's a good I still have lightsabers on the brain, too. So, I mean,
0: when don't you have lightsabers on the brain? So, Um, now what would be the absolute worst name for that bear? That CJO bear?
1: Green bear. Green. (laughs) Oh, for the CJO bear. I was thinking the blue note bear because calling him green would be weird. Uh... The worst name for the CJO bear (laughs) would be. Um, i don't know flat note out of tune bear oh my god (laughs) like my conversations are with a tiny baby and we just sing sesame street songs all day uh we should do a sesame street show what's
0: your favorite sesame street song
1: um right now okay well i really like put down the ducky if you want to play the saxophone because i think that's
0: ducky. what how does that go there's
1: um it's it the one where ernie go. wants to play saxophone but he's got a, a rubber duck in his hand and that makes it difficult they go we gotta put down the ducky put down the ducky put down the ducky if you want to play the saxophone <laughs> and another one i'm a big fan of and i want to see if you can do you remember the one where they counted to 12 to it was one where just this like animated bit that ran one like, two
0: three four five, four, six, five six seven eight, eight, nine, then, eight nine ten eleven four. twelve <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: that is luke's favorite thing he will be crying and apparently that that was a that was a
0: a really incredibly staffed like funk party band from toronto that recorded that back in the 70s i looked
1: it up and it said it was a pre-fame pointer sisters really yeah i don't know about that i i know i i I I don't know that was was wikipedia so
0: it was actually recorded in I mean, it might be right because the story I heard could be wrong, but that it was recorded by like, and I think Doug Riley was somehow involved with it, Um, but I can't, I can't recall.
1: Okay. It could be, could be both. (laughs) It could be the party band and maybe they were with it, but yeah, so that's Um, obviously a very awesome song.
0: What, what is a, we're going to rename the baritone saxophone. What are we going to rename it to? What would, what would be some of the weirdest, because saxophone already sounds really weird when you think of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So and baritone's generic. So what if we renamed it, what would be a very accurate, strange name that we awkward name we could give it?
1: Yeah, you're right. Baritone's generic and just kind of refers to the range of the instruments. Saxophone is from like the inventor's last name was Sax. sax so it'd be like yeah, if I called yeah. it like a, a Matheson phone, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Well, it, um, it would be
0: a Matheson Do phone.
1: Yeah. That's a yeah. mouthful. Well, that's a lot. Um yeah, because it's just really large and and low. I mean, a some kind of foghorn, like a barky, shi- a shiny gold honky foghorn.
0: Barky, shiny gold honky barky. funk. It's a, a honky, honky funk. funk. There we go.
1: Like it's a honky
0: funk. Got it. Uh, what movie completely? Because you like movies, completely changes its plot when one letter in the title is changed. And what is new about that? What is that movie about
1: now? Ooh. I think all of, like, any movies. Wait. Um, I mean, am I, like, substituting in a different word or just taking a word just out? Just one
0: letter. One letter.
1: Oh, one letter. Oh, like, okay.
0: Um, if we took out Star Wars. Star Wars?
1: <laughs> what would Star that be about? Star Wars. There's just one.
0: There's just one. There was only one war in stars. Then it might be stars of, war. The Star Wars ones. I'm
1: just thinking of because you said Rogue One earlier. Rogue on. <laughs> <laughs> so Rogue on,
0: man. Rogue on.
1: Yes, that okay. sounds like
0: a like a beatnik uh, traveling through, uh, you know, California in the '60s
1: yeah, but you could still have it kind of set in space, so they're all just in like a space basement, a spacement and a spaceman. having their their blue milk and they the whole star wars that are happening outside, but they're just in the basement, like listening to their cantina music music and saying rogue on <laughs> again. I uh this is when you asked her, I was like, I should probably maybe I should practice like talking to adults. I mean, I guess I've been teaching, but that's like, Planned material and things, and I'm like, "Oh, this will be interesting." Do I know how to talk to someone who's not a tiny baby anymore? <laughs> so I apologize that my my brain is still figuring out how to. What brain. about
0: what about shaving Private Ryan? And the whole movie is just like about the
1: barbers in the war. It's just about about beards, <laughs> about war just... beards. <laughs> There's just been a lot of movies I feel like in which Matt Damon has been a character that has been like lost in some place and that the government has had to spend a lot of money getting him back like Saving for Ryan and like The Martian there's a couple other ones Born like, Identity? Was, yeah like how much money has the government like spent on finding Matt Damon? <laughs> wow
0: that's heavy
1: yeah.
0: um if the five members of the Calgary Jazz Orchestra saxophone section were represented by food what would they be?
1: Well, this has nothing to do with sort of like a, a personality thing or anything. I just really like the name Jerry Carrot. So <laughs> <laughs> I okay. just feel like it's, it's really Jer- cute. Jerry
0: bear would be a carrot.
1: Yeah. And like Jer- a Jarrett,
0: Jerry
1: carrot. if you were. A and An Barrett, Maybe that's why it sounds like right. that's what you would be. They were just little Jerry Carrots.
0: <laughs> Jerry Like he E-Barrett. doesn't even have
1: red hair. I don't know where <laughs> this is coming from. So now I'm thinking of everybody being like vegetables or some kind of produce or something. Okay. Um, Okay, so we got Jerry carrots. Richard. Jeremy has really really cool hair, and it kind of sticks up a bit. And it doesn't it not doesn't stick up like a pineapple. But now that I've thought of a pineapple, like he's a pineapple. Like uh-huh. the only person whose hair is almost as cool as a pineapple's foliage is probably okay. Jeremy.
0: <laughs> okay, and what about and
1: Richard? And Richard, oh, Richard is just like so full of joy and happiness. Maybe a strawberry. I don't really have any particular reasoning for it. I just really like Shane strawberries. Stance. I really like Rich. Oh, I really like Shane too. Now everybody has to be strawberries. Shane stats. Shane stats.
0: I mean, he's pretty cool and relaxed. He's easygoing.
1: Yeah. You like a watermelon?
0: All right. He I
1: really could be like Walter
0: Mellon on the saxophone.
1: Ooh. Yes. Yes. Like secret fruit identities. I started with vegetables and then I ended up with fruits. It's just all... What would you be? <laughs> it's produce. Um... I mean last year I was sort of an avocado so tummy <laughs> but um looks <laughs> a little avocado pit I guess. Yeah, do I you mean. <laughs> okay, that works. Okay,
0: last question, what movie would be the worst decision to make into a musical? <gasps>
1: I was thinking at first, I was like, okay, what about like something really, really violent and then everyone's singing during it. And I was trying to think of a horror movie that is mostly focused on just like the gore and then I was thinking of Saw, but like, that almost might be amazing.
0: (laughs) Saw the musical? Like it was a
1: terrifying horror movie. Maybe it would cheer everybody up. Maybe everyone's like locked up and it's really violent and scary. But then there's like a cheeky tap number, like maybe it would be good.
0: (laughs) Saw the musical. That's, you're, you're going with that. Or Alien. How about Alien the musical?
1: Actually I think that would be great because it could come out and have like jazz dance <laughs> and they all dance. You could have like really good music accompanying it, like bursting out. There'd be like the melodic contour, like what kind of the whole thing. I don't know. All like, of these sound like great ideas. What are the lines?
0: What are the I don't know any lines from Saw, but I know uh, what was the the one of the famous they mostly come at night mostly. That would be a song.
1: Come, on, they mostly, yeah. they come at night mostly, yeah.
0: Come at night mostly, you know, like they mostly come at night mostly. They'd be a whole. So,
1: what I'm hearing from this is that for an October show, <laughs> you should have like musical theater style songs inspired by horror movies <laughs> for, for Halloween.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: um, genius idea!
0: Genius idea. Um, is there anything else, uh, that that you'd like to mention or say to anyone or, or mention to the cjo fans or anything before we sign off
1: uh i wish i had better answers for rapid fire questions <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> this obviously will haunt my my nightmares for the rest of my life um but i am just really really happy to I mean, especially with kind of news today of things, I mean, I don't know if things are going to go back to normal, normal, but things getting slightly closer to us being able to see everybody again. Um, I hope everybody is staying just, I don't know, safe and healthy and listening to lots of good music at home. At least we have like the technology to be able to watch like, concerts online and, and do stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think this is such a cool idea. I hope people are enjoying watching these things and knowing how how dorky i was going to say we all are but everyone else that i've watched so pretty parts much of that has you been and cool,
0: me are the dorks cool.
1: yeah, yeah i was like everyone else has been totally chill and probably has great ideas and i'm just like ah. um <laughs> okay. but yeah and, i'm and so, really excited
0: so we would tell them and you would tell them to recordings to listen to dexter gordon's go john coltrane's the love supreme mm. um and the other one you mentioned there the name of the band that prog rock group you like
1: uh, that one's Mastodon. So their earlier stuff is kind of heavier metal, but it turns more prog rockish later around the Crack the Sky album. But I I think it's phenomenal. I really like that album.
0: Okay, so. and what else depends um, what you're into. <laughs> what else? Uh, what other what other jazz records would you tell people to listen? Tell our listeners to to check out. What are the um, ones that like really just touched you, warmed you, made you want to play?
1: I really loved. Um, miles davis's birth of the cool because that was one of the first actual jazz records that i listened to because i was learning to play barry and my mulligan. teacher was like oh, you barry should Tommy. listen to jerry mulligan and yeah. that's the one they had at the library when i went to the library to get a cd and so i it's beautiful arrangements and just wonderful playing so that would be a really fun one to um to play like a don't know, big band version of or something but
0: yeah there we i've tried because it's a
1: the tent nonet.
0: it tent it it's nine or ten and uh i haven't listened
1: to it in ages, <clears throat> i've wanted
0: actually. to do it it's just it's just uh
1: it kind of um, takes away from it if you suddenly have more people maybe but i don't know
0: i it's it's arranged so perfectly i yeah speaking as an arranger i wouldn't want to touch it
1: that's the hard thing because you're like well i want to play it but it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. i want to change like, stuff
0: it's kind of perfect like it's yeah it's, it's really perfect birth of the cool okay cool yeah um Thank you so much sarah for coming tonight uh, thank and, you for uh,
1: having me and for setting this up and, and having everyone
0: on you bet and we'll see you uh we'll see you soon good night everybody thanks for watching thanks for listening and uh you stay safe and we'll see you soon yeah. Bye.